Welcome to Andy Rose episode 144. Today on the show, the cousins dive into Inuyasha like it's Y2K again, and Kenny digs a deeper hole for himself as a Fetty apologist. So we'll take a break and wait for the new moon to pass because Andy Rose is starting now. Andy Rose, once again, once uh, again, <laughs> we are the Andy Bros. <laughs> I'm gonna start over. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Welcome to Andy Bros. Uh, once again, we are the Bros, and actually, we are the cousins. Uh, you can go to our website www.andybrospodcast.com, and you can listen to our other podcast at www.andybroscreative.com. And everything is there and ready for consumption. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Happy New Year. Yay. Yeah. Happy New Year to everyone. Um, it's been a bad year, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> Very terrible. <laughs> Are you saying that 2021 has been a bad year thus far or 2020 was a bad year? I'm saying 2020 was a bad year. Um, there we go. <laughs> which it's also like kind of it, this also tripped me up when I was doing my New Year's cards. Like you're supposed to write a little message on them, and mm-hmm. uh, you're supposed to write it from the per- perspective of this year, 2021, should mm-hmm. be a good year, and you shouldn't write something like this year was bad and looking forward to next <laughs> year. Yeah, because <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. So I've been I'm struggling with that. Uh, but as we like, you know, go into the year, I think it's going to be easier to figure out. Yeah, I've only messed up writing the date once so far. Now, side question: How often do you have to write the date with your pen on paper? Uh, not very often, but I type the date a lot when I'm taking like meeting notes or something. I don't think I've ever had to like write the date since I like stopped. That's going how I to label college. my notes. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, but yeah, it's a new year, 2021. Happy New Year. Uh, hopefully, new year. you'll hear this in January. I'll make it my personal goal to make sure. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. I think the last, what's the last time we, we, we spoke? Uh, um, we spoke before the new year. <laughs> well, um, yeah, obviously. But when, how, how long ago is it? Um, more kind episode, might, I think. Probably like I November think or something. Kind of episode, yeah. It's been um, about almost a, a couple month. of months. Yeah. Okay. How are you? I'm the same. Um, which just you know, trying to take life one step at a time, one day at a time. Tokyo is becoming a coronavirus hellscape that I'm sure is not like I'm telling you this, and you're just like, yeah, what's new? But, but yeah. for us, <laughs> for us, right. it's worse than ever before. So now I'm. It's finally caught yeah. up with with us. No, I, f- I feel for you, and like I, I hope you're staying safe because yeah, the numbers out of Tokyo have been pretty bad. Um, it's bad here too. We we keep hitting record numbers, so yay, yay! Just you know, uh, not not too good. 
But luckily, I can still work from home. I don't have to go anywhere. Yep. Um, so that's Same. good. Uh, I went to my um, in-laws house over the New Year's. Mm-hmm. And that was good. You know, contrary to what I just said about trying to stay safe, we decided <laughs> to take a trip across Japan <laughs> to to go there. But we had a place to quarantine in. So we went there and we like didn't have any contact for uh over a little over a week and then we nice. could hang out with their family yeah that's good so though that was, that did was you good. do any did you do what type of activities did you do to celebrate new year's i did all of the fun things that weebs listening to this will find uh to, well will make jealous so uh let's see first thing we ate uh we ate well okay Let's rewind a little bit. Christmas was the first like thing we did, and mm-hmm. Christmas, as you know, is celebrated by eating delicious fried chicken. Oh yeah. And I personally was hoping that we'd get to eat KFC, because yeah. of course, but um, my wife's family doesn't do KFC. They instead buy. A... They have a feud with the Colonel. <laughs> I didn't ask. I didn't ask the reason for this. Maybe they do have a feud with the Colonel. Um, but in any event, they buy like a whole roast chicken from their local butcher yeah so so they brought us one because we were during that week where christmas was we were quarantining in her grandparents Mm -hmm. unused house gotcha Um, so we were just sitting in there and then they brought us a a giant roast turkey or roast chicken nice we're like cool it's only two of us but we'll make our best of eating this for the next week which we did (laughs) um so that was nice and so yeah Checkbox number one of the weeb end of year celebration was eating Perfect. Christmas chicken. Uh, then number two, New Year's Eve, we um, sat around and watched the Kohaku, the uh, the New Year's music program mm-hmm. that comes out on New Year's Eve. For those of you who don't know, it's like a it's like a variety medley music celebration where it's just like. I don't even know like the equivalent of what this is in in America, but it's like a we don't really we don't have something like this because it's like the pop charts, right? And it's it's kind of you know yeah, there's a, a, a ranking of popular music, and it's you're trying to figure out who's the best singer and what has the best song for the year, right? Yeah, I mean it's not really ranked. I mean probably there's some internal ranking how they like do the order of the show, but it's more like a performance. So like you just watch, and they like have designated like i don't know five stages like around tokyo Mm -hmm. and like five different sound stages all around and then they some band will or artist will sing their song and then they'll be like okay great now moving on to the next person and then they'll like cut to a different sound stage somewhere else where they're like about to play their song Mm -hmm. and they're like okay and they'll like cut back to a different one where like a new band has taken up place on the stage and they play it's like five hours of just like music uh so we watch that and then at midnight you eat the traditional uh new year's soba which was soba it was, it was very good but you <laughs> buckwheat know, noodles yes buckwheat noodles if you don't know what soba is um so you eat that at midnight and then promptly fall asleep because I'm not as young as i used to be and it was a real struggle to stay up until midnight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was very tired, but we did it. I think Kari's parents like fell asleep mostly. 
and then like mm-hmm. woke up uh like at eleven thirty, like, okay, we gotta make the solo. <laughs> Did that. And then uh we ate and then we went directly to sleep. And then the next couple of days is eating osechi, which is like a elaborate bento that mm-hmm. you make for the New Year's Day eating time and mochi soup basically uh it's like it's like a regular soup like i think of like i don't know some savory soup <laughs> but mm-hmm. it has a piece of mochi yeah. in the middle of it and it's and like a red bean red bean soup right well we had that as well but then we also just had like variations of different soups with mochi in it and that was that then you, uh, you know, everyone's favorite, what they think happens during New Year's. My personal favorite thing that you do during New Year's is visit the local shrine mm-hmm. and, you know, do your, uh, I don't know, your prayer for the year and yeah, all this kind of thing. Uh, yeah, there's usually like a big, it's kind of like a fair of some kind. There's yeah. like vendor booths outside the shrine selling like... Mm-hmm fried foods and what have you mm. and then everyone goes there and you line up and you know in front of the shrine and clap and ring the bell and mm-hmm. and you're then you're done and you buy some karage and go home did you have the uh were the people handing out like the the new year sake it's kind of like a namazake no warm. we didn't go we didn't go on new year's mm. day like on the first to the mm-hmm. shrine and I believe you're supposed to go to the temple on New Year's Eve. It's a different, two different yeah. things. Yeah, her family doesn't go to the yeah. temple on New Year's Eve, but they go to the shrine like in the next within the next couple of days. Gotcha. Uh, so there's no sake, unfortunately. I mean, there was plenty uh, of sake at home, but there yeah. was no sake at the shrine. Uh, but I found out about these like, you know, there's like a uh, in Japan. There's an obsession mm-hmm. with collecting stamps. Yeah. <laughs> you like go to some really anything, any kind of tourist attraction, they'll like be like, collect all the stamps from all the locations and you'll get a little toy or whatever. So I found out that shrines have this and you buy a little like book from the shrine and it's like this mm-hmm. cool, important looking embossed little passport book. Yeah, and then the priest at the shrine will, uh, like do this like really nice calligraphy on it and stamp it with the seal of the shrine. That's awesome. And and you get it to collect. <laughs> That's and, really cool. And apparently this is like a real thing, like an old thing, and you can, if if the shrine has like staff that work there, they'll usually do that for you. That's in really all cool. the shrines in Japan. So, my new journey is to like go around and collect all these stamps that's very cool um then maybe one day you'll have to travel to my former residence in japan ichinomiya uh because there's a tamasaki jinja there mm-hmm. um where you could probably get the stamp this is the, your conversation about new year's is making me very nostalgic um because um did you see the sunrise on new year's day no, because I'm lazy, but my <laughs> my in-laws did wake up and watch. Okay. So um, Ichinomiya is, is based on the coast in Chiba, and so um, sunrise there is very important, this this tr- tradition of, like, Hatsuhi no de, 
which is like you go and you you see the sunrise on new year's day um and everybody walks out to the coast and then everybody from so you watch the sunrise come up uh and then the whole town walks back to um the shrine and has their first new year's visit um kind of like this loop um it's very nostalgic yes it it's not my my first this is my second new year's in japan and Mm -hmm. it was much more scaled down obviously due to the current situation Mm -hmm. so usually like a bunch of extended family comes over and you spend time with everyone uh but this time it was just us and my wife's parents mm-hmm. and um, my wife's sister and her husband and newborn child, newborn, oh. not not really newborn anymore, one mm-hmm. almost one year old. <laughs> uh, oh, cool. She was there for a little bit, but then they did actual New Year's at her uh husband's family so Mm -hmm. for the actual new year's events it was literally just us and we couldn't see her grandparents because we didn't want to infect them with possible covid so we were just kind of like it was just the four of us kind of chilling that's nice though um you know i when i'm whenever i try to explain like the importance of um new year's to to people here in the states compared to japan it's like I always felt like New Year's was a bit like Thanksgiving, like how we handle Thanksgiving here in the States, where, you know, families get together, you eat a bunch of food, and you kind of lazily watch TV. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's always, it, I know, like, Thanksgiving here was very similar. Like, we just did it with our in-laws, and it was super low-key and small because um, it's what we have to do. But, so it sounds like you had to, you did something similar, but it's still a nice time. Yeah, no, I would say, like, I mean... I like Thanksgiving more because I prefer Thanksgiving food to mm-hmm. Osechi food. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, the 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 holiday itself, and it's not just the the weeb and me talking like everything in Japan is better. It's not that. It's like it legitimately is better than Christmas. I feel mm-hmm. like in jet. Like I don't know how to explain this, but like it's like Christmas and New Year's. I mean Christmas and um thanksgiving combined and then you take out all the commercialism of it yeah so it's just like this huge holiday where it's literally just for like spending time with your family and hanging out Mm -hmm. but it's like a huge deal and there's no sales or like special like stupid black friday stuff crammed down your throat it's just like Mm -hmm. nope just like go home and see your family that's what it's for and it's really nice like it's just really nice and the the whole country shuts down. Like yeah, yeah. I I do not recommend ever traveling to Japan over the New Year's. Like, because everything is closed. You can't do yeah, everything anything. is closed. As long you, it, it, you, I mean, if you have like some kind of New Year's plan, maybe that's mm-hmm. fine. But like, if you're just trying to be a regular traveler and you're like, what's what's with all this? Like, don't don't yeah. do it. Yeah, definitely. It's like if you have like a, a host family or really good friends that can you can participate in their New Year's process um great time because it's it's a really i don't know it's a comforting holiday and it's a comforting comforting time to be there but yeah if you're trying to like go around and see stuff it's like you're gonna go to a shrine there's shrines will be open but like tourist attractions i remember um actually when i i proposed to my wife um 
around the new year holiday um when we were in japan and we were in um i want to say kamakura but that doesn't sound right but um so we were we were out in a touristy place and like i tried the place i wanted to propose was this like bamboo forest <laughs> that was really cool and like something that you can just never see in the states was um, it the was there like a little tea house inside the forest yeah so yeah. it was kamakura that sounds like kamakura. yeah it was kamakura um really amazing place like one of my favorite places to walk around in japan um but it was closed because it was like around the new year's holiday um so it's it's something that you definitely if you're planning a trip to japan i like japan in the winter um it's really cold but the it tends to be very clear um it's just right now it's zero degrees but it's like no clouds in the sky yeah yeah um but like new year's if you're not going to do the new year's things it's not it's not a good time to be uh, how much mochi did you eat? Did you eat a lot of uh, mochi? I ate my fair share. I try now. This is an unpopular opinion, but I don't like mochi that much. That's okay. <laughs> it doesn't the, like it either. <laughs> it's the the taste that that like actual taste of it is good, and like I mm-hmm. like the taste, and I like eating it for that. But the texture is just like annoying, and I have to feel yeah. like I'm chewing for ten minutes before I can. Oh eat. yeah. Well, you don't want to die. I mean, I think right. Exactly. Like so I'm people just, died in Tokyo this year from mochi. I, I think of that every single time I'm eating mochi. Like, wow, so many people choke and die on this stuff. Every time I yeah. and I'm just chewing and chewing and chewing. And it takes me forever. And it's really filling mm. after I eat like one blob of it. Yeah. I'm just and like, I, I don't it, want this. <laughs> it's like super important to note that um, we're not talking like, first and foremost, we're not talking like the Hawaiian style butter mochi, which is totally different. Um, or this kind of stuff that you get wrapped around more traditional japanese confectionery stuff yeah yeah not, um, not like, like the kind of like like mochi it. is just like mochi <laughs> it's just a block of mochi it's a big old hunk of it like just like a baseball size of it mm. and you're just like okay i'm gonna and it's like in a soup yeah it's like all right i'm gonna like tear through this <laughs> as best i can and then like my all of like my wife's family are they're just like three minutes and it's all eaten i'm like how can you do that like how is it so even possible? dangerous i know yeah i remember i like um i think a coworker gave me a bag of like the individually wrapped kind of square ones that you can roast you like throw in your your range oven uh-huh. okay. um and yeah we had a few of those and then we're just like okay we're done with this um it's uh yeah it's like a I, very bizarre food to where it's like it's not because it's disgusting or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. just so annoying to eat to me for me, and I'm like, yeah. I, I don't want to. And then especially, especially like, like you have the osechi, like the big bento box of stuff. Mm-hmm. And before we dig into that, like it's served with the soup with the mochi mm-hmm. in it, and like the soup is so filling, I can't eat anything else afterwards. And I'm just like, I feel like being su- I'm super rude, and like I'm not eating anything in the osechi, but I just had this giant baseball yeah. mochi and it just like <laughs> is expanding in my stomach and like i i can't eat more man i'm i'm, I'm full <laughs> yeah and the osechi is so interesting because it's um it's all like cold stuff right you know you have yeah. your, like your egg your your like rolled egg and your like beans shrimp yeah there's stuff. like there's beans like konyaku sh- like, yeah of course konyaku uh there's like all kinds of stuff like there's um chicken kind of thing uh it's just like a a large variety and the one that we had comes in this like 
really cool box. Mm-hmm. It's like their family passed down box that's like worth several thousand dollars in gold. Nice. Like it's oh, crazy. It has their family seal on the top. That's amazing. Like, I'm like, holy shit, this is cool. <laughs> uh yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it was cool. It was nice. We flew kites. Um, my wife's <laughs> father's really, really into flying kites on New Year's and his own daughters don't care about the kites at all. So Aww. he's very excited that I wanted to fly kites <laughs> with him. Nice. That's cool. Uh, Are they like box kites or um yeah, No, flat? no. They're like they're just the kind you buy at Daiso. <laughs> like this <laughs> regular ass kite. <laughs> That's amazing. And he's just like, I got him. I bought the kites. Like, let's let's fly. And they're just Aww. like, okay, if we have to. That's and I'm cool, like, though. I'm, and I'm like, I haven't flown a kite in forever. I'm pretty excited to try this. And so he's like, yes, finally, somebody gets it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was fun. Do you know if... Uh, I was just going to ask, because he likes kites, does he fly like a giant koi banner for um, Children's Day? I don't think so. I don't know, though. Um, yeah, he didn't know about the box kites. And I was like, hey. Oh. And I was showing him, like, hey, next year, like, let's build, like, this cool big kite. And he's just like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that's awesome. This looks really <laughs> interesting. And then, So I think next year we're going to build, like, some cool kite and try to fly it. That's awesome. It was so windy. Like, you basically just stand in one solitary location mm-hmm. like let out a little bit of the string and hold mm-hmm. the kite in your hand and like just kind of toss the kite up and it's flying oh wow it was that yeah windy. like uh it's so so like japan is an island right uh I'm, I'm saying right for the for the listeners um and in the winter because it's so cold like the cloud coverage there's not a lot of clouds keeping in the warmth but there's a ton of sun because, you know, it's closer to the equator and um, it, where it's positioned on the earth. So, like, you get a bunch of sunlight beaming down in the ocean and it causes ridiculous winds in the winter. Um, like, winds that would shake our apartment. Uh, and oh, yeah, it, no. Like, yeah. They do. They shake this house. And they shook the, the old house I was staying in in Okayama as well. Like, there's one point where I'm like, for a split second, I thought it was an earthquake. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, man, that's just the wind, like, just really rocking this place right now. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It was like I could handle everything about Japanese winters except for that wind. You had to have, like, super mon- number of layers, and then your face would get all, like, wind burned. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't really apply now because everyone wears masks. So that's you're true. just, like, bundled <laughs> way up, and you're like, oh, this is actually fine. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, uh, yeah, so it was New Year's. Nice. One thing that I think is funny about, uh, well, it's not funny. It's just it's kind of annoying actually, but because I don't have an answer, is why it's annoying. Because uh, people like to ask me here in Japan, like, oh, what? So what kind of traditional foods do you eat for New Year's in America? Mm. And I'm just like, can you please not ask me about American champagnes because we don't have any, and it's <laughs> we don't just have like. Any. I have to always say that, and they're always like, what? Like, you don't do anything? Yeah. That's so crazy and weird. And they always have the same look of just like, wow, America must right. be just like devoid of culture. <laughs> like, That's yeah, not, not untrue. I mean, <laughs> we, like America itself, like, I mean, like colonial America, like, there's tiny, tons of like First, First Nation traditions and whatnot. But like, 
in terms of America as some place where foreigners have always just kind of come and gathered, we don't hold on to a lot of traditions. Like we'll do, I would say like New Year's traditions are, you know, staying up to midnight, champagne, dancing to old Lang Syne and kissing someone on at midnight. Like, ah, uh, I forgot about the kissing thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind that. of the, because it's, um, it's almost flipped. Like I would tell people, you know, Christmas in America is a family holiday and New Year's is a date holiday. Whereas in Japan, Christmas is a date holiday yeah. and New Year's is a family holiday. So that's kind of, um, we, I mean, you know this, but, um, my wife and I have, have taken to um, going to a, a Soviet <laughs> New Year's that's put on by a restaurant in Portland. Um, and obviously this year they, they couldn't do it because of COVID, but they still were selling stuff out of their deli. So we got some of their food. So we did that at home, you know, shot of vodka and some Soviet era Russian food. <laughs> Came in a olive drab can. <laughs> <laughs> Close. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. yeah so that's new year's new year's is new year's is good yeah mm-hmm. um i watched a lot of anime nice since last time we talked and by a lot yeah, I, I don't mean a lot of variety i just mean a lot of episodes <laughs> yeah i'm in i'm impressed by this feat so um what what monolithic series did you tackle <laughs> I'm a little bit impressed with my own self based on like I, why I, I decided to even go embark on this journey. I don't usually, I mean, maybe I do. Probably I do this more than I think, but I, I don't like, to th- I like to think that I don't just pick up a whim and run with it this far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I was like flipping through the channels. Uh, when was this? Probably November, somewhere in November. So it's, uh, I was flipping through the channels and I saw, uh, Yashahime was on TV mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I was like oh this is like a show that we were kind of talking about a little bit and I was watching it and it just like occurred to me you know back in the time I didn't f- like seriously watch Inuyasha mm-hmm. like I, I watched it when it came on but like I didn't watch every day and I didn't really finish it and I don't really know how it turns out <laughs> or like right. what happens and i definitely didn't watch like the the sequel show at the end of mm-hmm. well i mean for those of you that don't know like inuyasha ran and ended before the manga finished so there was like a last arc released mm-hmm. in like 2010 or something where they finished up how the how it finished in the manga so um i had no idea like i'm just like yeah you know inuyasha and kagome go around trying to find jewel shards that's like it and they fight they fight yeah. demons it's kind of all i really knew and remembered about the show mm-hmm. so then i was watching Yash, uh, Yasha, uh, yashahime and mm-hmm. i was just like you know i gotta have time <laughs> maybe i'm gonna watch just watch all of inuyasha and so i did nice because i so wanted you... to watch Yashi, yashahime but I, fig- I was like, I probably can't really do that unless I know mm-hmm. exactly what's going on in the first first show. Mm-hmm. So when you say you watched all of Inuyasha, that mm-hmm. means that you watched a hundred and sixty-seven episodes in the first production run, yes, and then another twenty-six for the final act. That's right. Did you watch the say- movies? I was gonna say no. I didn't watch any of the movies. <laughs> 
Okay. Because I learned that they're basically filler and not important. Yeah. So I didn't bother. Like, but but no, I watched, I watched all of Inuyasha. <laughs> That's just um, absolutely amazing. Like, yeah. at what pace would you consume the show? Because I mean, um, we talked a month ago, and you were saying like I might start this. Right, I know, and I had just like come off the tails of watching like um, like I had watched all of City Hunter, and then yeah, I City watched Hunter. all of uh, Maison uh, Koku. So I was Jeez. like, I I want a long show. My 2020 was full of like watching these long ass shows because uh, so I had nothing impressive. else to do. And once you get into the, I don't know the way. So the way I consumed it was like before once I go to bed. Okay, so last time I talked about this, actually, just mm-hmm. fun aside. I think in the last episode I was mentioning that um, I would watch I watch episodes of anime after uh, my wife goes to sleep because in our bedroom we have a projector and we watch something mm-hmm. together usually and then she falls asleep and then I have full reins and just watch whatever I want. Mm-hmm. But I mentioned this before, and she listened to the episode oh, and no. was like, and was like, I mean, you're you're not lying, but it makes it makes me sound like it makes it sound like I'm like a, a little kid and like his mom goes oh, to sleep yeah. and then I can do whatever I want. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I guess it does come off like that. I didn't mean for it to. So anyway, after my wife yeah. went to sleep, I watched Inuyasha and um, yeah, I would, uh, I'm trying to like calculate the average in my head of like how many episodes I'd watch a night. Maybe close to six or seven. Holy crap. So you, you'd essentially watch like two hours of Inuyasha at night. Because yeah. if you chop off the the opening and ending. And I, I got to say, Inuyasha has some of the best OPs and ending theme. But after a while, you start skipping them. Um, I chopped off I chopped off the um, uh, ending mm-hmm. pretty much 100% of the time. But I, okay. I almost never chopped off the beginning because I'm lazy. And <laughs> how my setup in my bedroom is is yeah. like i have Be to like reach over and like fiddle with the mouse and like skip into the yeah. you know see seek bar and i'm just like whatever just hit next and just wait for mm-hmm. for content to show up as i'm like laying there so um yeah i pretty much never skip the openings but i always skip the endings gotcha that is really impressive because i <laughs> we'll talk about it a little bit later in the episode but i've been doing my own um watching of, of a long series um a series that i'm calling long but is one third the length or probably technically one fourth the length of inuasha um and like i'm doing 90 minutes i'm doing three episodes <laughs> so about half your pace um that's so I don't impressive know, uh, i don't know how i just like th- but i will say it's not this isn't like um uniquely like me watching inuyasha all the shows i mm-hmm. mentioned before that i was watching those like 100 plus episode shows mm-hmm. was a very similar pace like i'd watch like yeah five or six episodes a night on average some nights i'm like just like too tired and i don't watch anything but yeah. like usually i'm like not so sleepy when i go to when i like go to bed i'm not mm-hmm. like super sleepy and uh for, for whatever reason my wife falls asleep very very quickly so mm-hmm. i'm just like all right and i'll just have all this time to watch and by the time i'm tired that's when i realize it's been like six episodes i'm like oh damn i should yeah. go to sleep yeah i think w- it, it's so funny because we actually have the same habit uh we're kind i mean like i'll watch anime on my ipad in bed um while 
while Dana's watching other stuff. But um, I do tend to stay up a little later. Um, so it's just a it's just, this is just what married anime fans do. It's not <laughs> it's so. not any. It's just how we live, you know. Or or you know like salary man married anime fans. Um, you gotta, it's you gotta funny because when you can. I'm not really trying. I'm. It's funny because it seems like I'm trying to sneak this like illicit thing, but <laughs> it's it's not that at all. It's just like she's definitely not interested in this. Yeah. And I just, I'm, this is the I'll, only time I have to like not bore her with like, hey, I'm gonna watch three hours straight of this show you don't really care about. Like, is that cool? Yeah. <laughs> so, and this is so funny because when you you mentioned like, oh, I, I'm gonna watch Inuyasha, and I told that to Dana because Dana watched it a bit. Um, when when we were younger and so um i was like well do you want to watch it with me and so she said yes and that's why i didn't proceed with watching it um so i need to bring that topic back up again uh and but i know that we could not match that pace it would it would probably take <laughs> us like a year and a half to consume it all it's, it's so hardcore i couldn't do it i couldn't do that i have to like i'm just shy of i don't know if you ever met a fan like anime fan like this but i know people who watch anime at like 1.5 times speed oh geez seriously have you ever met someone like this i thought it was a fluke um but no. then it's like a thing people do sometimes and yeah i mean i i know people who will put podcasts on a little faster um i which is insane to me i i don't understand yeah. it's I don't want to knock it anybody who does it but it's one of those no, things do. where i'm just like if you do that you're a crazy person <laughs> seek help well, i just think that yeah it just i think it's it's a troubling sign and and maybe it's like a it's a here's a wake-up call for anybody who does that um you know maybe just try to take life a little slower <laughs> yeah just like enjoy the show or if it's too slow for you like or too fast yeah too slow for you then just like I don't know read the plot Drop summary it. and freaking don't watch it <laughs> like yeah. if you can't handle the pacing that it's is set like if the pacing is so screwed up that you like have to alter it yourself then probably you don't like the show mm-hmm. it's just like yeah i loved evangelion but i had to watch it at times five speed because i just couldn't handle how slow it was going God. like well then you didn't love evangelion you just yeah you totally didn't to know the, the facts point. of the story and that's it because that's like the thing that bugs me about that is that um this is true for like podcasts or like news like on one hand i kind of get if you're trying to consume the content because in a, in a certain way this is free form we're just kind of having a conversation um there isn't as much production put into it as something like a tv show um i guess it depends on the podcast arts, i it does but like visual arts and like multimedia stuff like a tv show or anime like that is deliberately put together right and right. pacing is a huge part of that which is why something like we'll talk about the pacing of an anime or you know the pacing of a movie because it matters and it's it's part of the intentional design of it <laughs> it's a weird tangent we got on but yeah, yeah don't 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 consume your 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 tv movies at 1.5 speed <laughs> It's just not, it's not right. Right. So I think the point I was trying to make when I brought this up was like, I don't do that. And I think that's mm-hmm. ab- abhorrent, basically. <laughs> like, never do that. It's yeah. ridiculous. But um, We just lost two of, our, two of our listeners. Whatever. They're 
there. But maybe they missed it because they were playing as it. Yeah, yeah, they couldn't catch it because, yeah. (laughs) Um, But I, I feel like I do. That being said, like I do kind of understand why because Patrick Mm -hmm. would also not do that. Maybe he does do that. Probably he he probably does do that. But what I do know for a fact that he did used to do when watching anime is uh, skip ahead. Just like scrub ahead and start watching from a new point, and he'll just be like, "This sucks. This part's boring." And he'll That's just amazing. move move ahead. I'm like, what? "What's wrong with you? Why would you do that?" Man um, has a will of steel. So, I'm I'm just like, just drop the show. If like parts of it are boring, you just don't watch yeah. it. Like, why do you care? Yeah. Uh, uh, but so I'm saying I w- I'll stop short just of enough of that. But mm-hmm. if I I understand wanting to see it faster. Yeah. Which is part of the reason that I just watch a, ju- a bunch of it at once. Because I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not done. I'm not satisfied yet. Mm-hmm. I need to watch a lot of it. <laughs> do you do you skip recap episodes? Um, That's tricky. Sometimes if it's like pure, pure, pure recap mm-hmm. for a show like Inuyasha, yes. Mm-hmm. But if sometimes they sometimes they really piss me off because they intertwine the recap mm-hmm. in, in with some new important plot elements. Like, like for example, like the main bad guy is just like in his lair thinking back on the mm-hmm. events up to that point. But like he'll think back and so then there'll be the recap portion of like, yeah, I know I saw this happen. But then it'll like go jump to his the current time and he'll just be like, hmm, but I did that because of XYZ important part. Anyway, back to recap. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have known about that important part if I had skipped the recap episode. So now I tend not to do that. I tend to like kind of watch and, you know, hope that there's something of value to be gained from the recap episode. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Um, boy, I have so many questions about Inuasha. I think I'm just going to, I'm going to start peppering you with questions. Um, Go for it. I also watched, uh, I'm, three episodes away from being caught up on Yashihime. Oh, nice. Just so you you know. I I fell off the wagon with it, but I really enjoyed it. So, okay. Um, I think the really important question, I'll get to the important question in a bit, but um, who is your favorite character in the series? Oh, that's tough. Um, The show show has a lot of problems. (laughs) <laughs> okay. I will say that I didn't hate it I enjoyed my time watching the show but there's mm. so many problems with some of the characters that I don't understand why they are the way they are because the author is a proven good author mm-hmm. but this show has some writing quirks where I'm just like what the heck like mm. what's this what's the problem with this like why would this happen? This doesn't answer your question at all. But That's in okay. analyzing this, I, yeah. trying to decide who's my favorite character, because some of the characters do like ridiculous shit that I wouldn't like. It doesn't make any sense. I'm just like, why does this character care about this specific thing, and then not mm-hmm. care about this other thing, and it's uncharacteristic of why they care about this thing, or like, mm-hmm. why does this character get so jealous of this person? Like, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like. Or things like this. Um, yeah. So, favorite character is very difficult. I think 
I really enjoyed um oh what's her name? Kagura? Kagura? No, not okay. Kagura. Uh, yep. Hold on. Yeah. Is that the the wind woman? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's she's <laughs> a one of um Naraku's um chief people, right? Yeah. So she was m- the most interesting character to me. Mm-hmm. Um because she was like an unwilling participant in being Naraku's, mm-hmm. um, you know, slave puppet. Mm-hmm. And she was constantly trying to like get away and like subtly leading the, the gang to like, you know, try to beat Naraku. So I thought yeah. that was cool, but she was like interesting because she also had her own motivations. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it just, most of these characters have like so much potential in the writing where I'm like, oh, mm. what's going to happen? But they kind of don't fully explore everything that I wish they did. For almost every character is like this. But I thought hers was like the most interesting. I think if Shishomaru was more like fleshed out, mm-hmm. I think he would be my most favorite character because he has a lot of like personal growth and change. Yeah. But he's just like so stone-faced and doesn't show his right. change enough that I don't really still to this day know exactly what he thought and and why he decided yeah. to change and in, w- in what ways he still thinks like it's impossible to know and i think it would have been better suited right. if he like has a little bit more outward change that i can like notice and be like oh, okay mm-hmm. yeah and that was one of the things that frustrated me about yashihime is that um so i haven't i haven't seen all of inuasha but i've seen a healthy chunk of it and i've seen up to the points where seshomaru starts to like change his his kind of perspective or he gets just a little bit more um kind of humanized i guess um through his interaction mm-hmm. with the the little girl he like saves. saves yeah um and so i just assumed that they would turn him into like a like almost like a vegeta-esque he's a dad now um in yashihime but then in the early flashbacks we get it's like oh no he's a dick <laughs> so yeah yeah like... he just he just dropped them off in the woods to survive yeah. and if they're strong they'll survive if not like he has no use for them yeah and so it's like one of those things where i get what you're saying like um you know i kind of i agree with you in the sense that like um the 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 series is created by rumiko takahashi um of Meisani koku and um ranma one half all those things and so like she is a great writer and so it's funny that you would say like uh just feels like it you know that's this is like the shonen syndrome where it's like inuasha went for how like 550 chapters um you 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 kind of have to like shunt like stunt your writing (laughs) to to maintain something like that because full growth would eventually like your characters would learn too much and they'd have, you'd have to get rid of them. Yeah. And I also wonder how much um, from the manga is like a little bit more fleshed out that they didn't carry mm-hmm. over to the anime. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. Cause I mean, I didn't read the manga, so I don't know, but um, yeah, it just like, it was like 90% of the way there and they just didn't, they just didn't bring it home in my opinion mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. like some of these characters, like, development like i feel inuyasha and kagome learn nothing 
basically <laughs> the entire time. Like Inuyasha was always pretty much good, but acted a little tsundere sometimes. Kagome yeah. was always like pretty much good, but was like jealous and petty most of the time. And that never changed. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, cool. Like it's it, the, like she's the always constant, magic. Like she'll be, uh, they'll be like on the verge of death, like fighting Naraku, like all this, like Naraku's gonna destroy the world. The world is at stake. You need to like, like you know, grow up, and and like use you know work as a team to fight the bad guy, right? Mm-hmm. And then Kagome will just get all pissed off and go home because like Inuyasha like thought about Kikyo like once. Like, <laughs> Fuck, fam, I'm going back home. Like I don't care. Just like do you do you, you do you realize like you're in the middle of like doing this other thing like it's not about yeah. that, <laughs> and that'll that happens a lot and I'm just like that's annoying, like I like good yeah. r- romance and in, sh- in shows but this is just like I'm just jealous for no reason and I don't care and like the sh- the the main plot point isn't their like relationship the main plot point is like fighting this bad guy but they yeah the the priority yeah. has shifted in a way that doesn't make it feel very urgent that they need to like be doing this other thing yeah and it's i mean it's just like shonen syndrome it's really um <clears throat> gotta keep it looping it is uh, inuyasha is a really interesting isekai because like kagome has the ability generally to um travel back and forth right mm-hmm. through the well yeah and inuyasha can yeah. also travel through the well right um i remembered i think we were having i don't know i think we were having this conversation offline but i remember the name of my favorite character um that i remember is koga yeah the koga. um yeah the wolf guy yeah like koga's there kick <laughs> he's, he's there he's he, i don't understand why he's there really other than just like to add fuel to like the main every, relationship fire yeah every series needs a yamcha <laughs> he's not even a yamcha he's just like there to like make inuyasha annoyed and then like that's it he doesn't do anything important he gets his clan like destroyed by the bad guy and so he's like annoyed but that's he doesn't do anything like of note he could be written out and the series will be the same probably a demonstration of how little of the show i've seen because i'm just like yeah wolf guy he's cool kicks he's <laughs> yeah he's fast <laughs> and he like is there i don't know what else you want like <laughs> uh he doesn't really do anything of note did he you just actually have... he's actually a detriment because he gets like captured a couple of times and they have to like Oh really? They have to like stop doing their. They can like you know they can almost kill the bad guy, but they can't because Koga's like captured, and then they have to like choose between Mm. saving him or doing the final blow, and that happens a couple times. So, (laughs) um, okay. So, did you have a favorite arc, like a favorite plot that unfolded throughout it? Um, yeah, I really maybe. Yeah, I liked the um, the arc where. Like, so, in the very beginning, Naraku is, like, manifested himself, right? And they're trying to figure mm-hmm. out who he is and what he's up to. And then they, like, almost beat him. But then he goes away to this mountain. Mm-hmm. And, like, the mountain is, like, this pure mountain. And demons can't go to the mountain because it's too pure. And, 
like the mystery behind like what's going on with this mountain was my favorite arc. Do you remember this part or like does this ring a bell at all? I, is this the uh, Hakure Mountain? I don't remember what the mountain's called. Am I wrong? <laughs> Some like um, ancient Japanese I vaguely, word. I remember. I remember a mountain because don't they find like a Buddha? on it like somebody like a like a priest who had enshrined himself in a, ju- in yeah. like a jug uh-huh. yeah yeah that's the one that's so the i one. did make it that far Th- that arc was really cool like they're trying to find naraku because he like he escapes being fatally wounded mm-hmm. and then they can't smell him anymore like they're like he's just gone like mm-hmm. his aura's gone they don't know where mm-hmm. he went he just disappeared and everyone's like on on like there's unease around the area because they mm-hmm. don't know what's going on and then but there's this like mysterious mountain. They're like, no, he couldn't be there because the mountain's purified by something. We don't know what because we mm. can't go there. And then like that, that whole arc is cool because you know you find out he, the mountain, has become his body. <laughs> and oh jeez. And he like, he like tricked. He tricked the Buddha guy to like, make the the protection around the mountain, because uh, the Buddha smart. guy he's like he's actually good. But mm-hmm. he he it turns out he didn't want to die in the in the pot like he did that mm-hmm. to like purify the area because he's like I'm gonna sacrifice myself and gain you know nirvana by doing this, but like at the last minute before he actually died in the in the thing he's like I actually don't want to do this like what am I doing I'm too selfish I'm never gonna achieve nirvana and then he died, and then oh, Rocky's like I can save your soul like you can get revenge on these people by protecting me, and so. <laughs> Okay. it's nice it's cool the whole arc is cool and then you find out like the whole mountain is like his secret body and he like you know comes comes alive and yeah it's cool um that's probably the best part so if you if you had to have a weapon from (laughs) uh the world of inuyasha which one would you go for um i think any of the weapons are fine weapons because whenever I need to beat the the bad guy, I can always count on some Deus Ex Machina type shit to like make the weapon as good as possible so it can win. So <laughs> it doesn't matter. Choose whatever you want because it's gonna be like, oh, he actually learned the secret of friendship and now the weapon can kill anything. So <laughs> so it doesn't matter. All the weapons are equally good. That's what I learned from Inuyasha. Makes sense. <laughs> I was always uh, a fan of um, Sashomaru's Fang Sword. I I just like well, he the gets fact a new that, sword. Like, he gets he changes. Uh, a oh, lot does over he? Time. His, his, he gets two weapons, and then the actual original weapon is actually the best weapon. Yeah. Uh, the his oh I, well what what were you gonna say first before I well I was gonna say I love how um so for I I. Inuyasha is kind of old, so maybe maybe if there's a younger listener, they wouldn't necessarily know this. But um, so Inuyasha is the the main protagonist, and one of the kind of main antagonists slash like antihero in the show is his brother Sashomaru, um, and their father was this like massive. Um, it's not like a beast. I want to say like he was. Well, he's a dog. Is he a wolf or demon. a dog, dog demon? Is it yeah? This like Inu Yasha. I, yeah, I, I was trying to think of like what type of dog, but just a, a this like That's super right. powerful um, mega dog demon, and both sons bear, yeah, 
<laughs> both um both of the sons Inuyasha and um Sashomaru um wield swords made from his fangs which i just think is hilarious because they generally look like normal katana um well the katana looks like an old rusty yeah. piece of shit katana that's like all chipped yeah. and bad and i'm like can they fix that like just fix like the outward appearance a little bit so it looks yeah. cool even like before it transforms well, well the sportsmith um, is also one of my favorite characters who shows up randomly yeah to... uh yeah and so uh, it's it's a little cool thing but um i'm uh i will always be partial to um Songo's giant boomerang. That's that's the one I want. <laughs> well, do you know how? Do, did you get to the, any? Do you, do you recall an episode like where they discover how it's made and how it works? No. Oh, the story behind the boomerang is actually really cool. Interesting. Uh, if you want me to spoil it for you, <laughs> please. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, it's actually like uh, this big group of demons who are sealed mm-hmm. in it. It's oh. like made from their bodies. And uh-huh. they, they choose to fight for Sango, oh. like because you know it's her weapon, mm-hmm. and they like they're bonded by that. There's a point mm-hmm. where there's an episode where she like pours, like she's gonna. Well, it's like more spoilers, but the Miroku's wind tunnel is gonna like consume him and mm-hmm. kill everyone soon, mm-hmm. and so he can't really use it anymore because he's too poisoned. Toward the end of the series, like basically in the last yeah. arc. And right. so she needs to save him because he can't use the wind tunnel and pours this like demon eating poison all over the boomerang and throws it at mm-hmm. the, the demon. So it like melts mm-hmm. everything. So mm-hmm. then it's like basically destroyed and she needs mm-hmm. to like get it fixed. This is before we know like what it's made out of or what's going on. Yeah. So she takes it to this like old sage who's a drunk old man who makes sake in the mountains and uh, is like, put the, put the thing the weapon in this pot and then go into the pot also it's just like a big pot but when if you jump into it you mm-hmm. it's like the ocean like you it's like you're transported into like this giant water world and so like that's crazy okay you go into the pot and they like fight the demons in the pot and if you beat them then the liquid inside the pot now will turn into this healing thing and then you'll your weapon will be fixed and she's like okay and does that and then she's fighting these demons but she can't win and then the demons tell her, like, why did you pour poison on us? Like, we're the souls of this weapon. Oh, interesting. And she's like, okay, no, that's really I'm so cool. Sorry. Yeah. It's the Hirai Kotsu. Yeah, it's cool. I've always, I've, I've always wanted um, Monster Hunter to add, like, a giant boomerang. Because I, I think, a, like, a ranged melee weapon would be amazing. <laughs> it's just so cool. Yeah, after she, like, explains to the demons, like, her purpose and like you know the power of her love for Moroku is what forced her to do this they like decide to help her again and they like become even stronger so then like she can just destroy like Naraku's barrier with it like because it's like an That's awesome. awesome, ultra weapon at that point it's really it gets, so really, cool. it gets even cooler yeah okay um who's your least favorite character <sighs> least favorite character huh i don't like i don't know maybe kagome is my least favorite character (laughs) i was just about to say and don't say kagome (laughs) she kind of sucks like she never really did anything interesting um she's just petty Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Like the gag where she makes Inuyasha sit all the time is like really repetitive and annoying. Sit boy. And she, yeah, she doesn't say sit boy in the Japanese dub. I'll have right. <laughs> um, but she does that all the time, and it's really like annoying. Like Inuyasha's doing something completely justified and normal, and she just gets like stupidly jealous for no reason. And I'm like, cool, way to be mature. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember. I mean, it was that ton- the tsunami ad, wasn't it? Or was it Adult Swim? Adult Swim, yeah. Yeah, it was the Adult Swim ad where she just says that. It's just like, oh, God. She does it all the time, like all the time. Even after they beat Naraku and it's like the end to stage where they're married and everything. Yeah. She'll just like do it sometimes. And I'm just like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, you kind of touched on this, but let me pair it with Yashihime. Um, do you feel like it was actually necessary to develop all of this background information to watch Yashihime? I think, hmm, I think you definitely need to have a cursory understanding of everything that happened in Inuyasha, mm-hmm. for sure. You of course you definitely need to see the end like the that that second production of like the last chapter of Inuyasha, mm-hmm. for sure, to watch this, not because it's like so important and related to the like day to day events of Yashihime, but like there's a bunch of big questions that you don't know what's going on. Like I mean, even now, right now, since Yashihime just started, there's a lot of like questions in that show that we don't know mm-hmm. what's going on. Like where are Inuyasha and Kagome like what's happening with all these characters like they're just missing and nobody knows or is explaining why and it seems like it's building up to a big mystery of like what's what's actually going on like Mm -hmm. there was one episode of Yashihime where it like um like I don't know how you say it like there's a flashback kind of thing to Mm -hmm. like Inuyasha and Kagome giving the daughter away like before Shishomaru is about to attack them hmm and it's like, take this daughter, take our daughter and to like, who's that? Uh, uh, maybe one of my favorite characters is the, uh, the, the t- Tanuki, who is Miroku's friend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about Love him. That. He's great. Um, uh, <laughs> his name right now. Shippo. No, 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 no. The Tanuki. Oh, the Shippo. actual Tanuki. Oh, Shippo yeah, yeah. Is a, Shippo's not a Tanuki. <laughs> right, right, right. Sorry. Um, yeah, like, yeah, big Tanuki yeah. who changes into that yellow, like, flying thing that they yeah. get on. He, they give the daughter to him, and they're like, "Take, take, take her away." And then we find out like, the daughter never sees her parents ever again. So like, oh. something happened, and we don't know. Yeah. Like the Shishomaru's daughter, like you know, like the the three main characters of Yashime mm-hmm. are the daughters of all of them, and right. all all three of them have, don't know their parents at all. So which, we, so we don't know what happened like in the past or like what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, that's kind of one of the things that actually is a turnoff for me with Yashihime is like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm sick of like the absent parent trope in anime. Um, I'd rather have it, but I guess it's like harder to, it's harder to send them on an adventure because why would Inuyasha and Kagome like put their daughter at risk like that? So I guess you have well, to, we don't... Orcus- you could like to orchestrate yeah. some issue well i mean and the the white-haired girl grew up with kagome's family in the yeah, modern age Toa. so 
she has yeah Toa. She she has like a family technically. So right. I don't know. Like I'm just like really curious about this mystery, and I like. I, I'm actually infuriated by it because I want to know what happened, and I'm very curious. <laughs> After have spending all this time in the Inuyasha universe yeah. in my mind, I'm now just like, well, hold on, what happens to them? Like, what happened? But I don't get to know. And instead, I have to yeah. watch a bunch of filler of them trying to catch a stupid butterfly, and I'm like, just catch it. I want to know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> fucking catch the butterfly, goddammit. <laughs> I know. That's what I feel like when I'm watching this. Um, I think the show would be a lot better uh, if... If you watched all of Inuyasha back in the time when it came out and mm-hmm. you had a very good understanding of the whole plot and the story and you don't have any questions and then skip forward in your life 10 years later and now this boost of nostalgia mm-hmm. is like mm-hmm. better. Gotcha. You'd be like, yeah, this is great. And well, I and think it's good. I'm like, I'm just coming off of watching the original one. And so I'm just like, mm-hmm. no, give me the more facts and details of the story. I, I yeah. don't, I'm, the nostalgia but, isn't there for me. I, I want to just know what happens. That is really interesting because um, that's how I went into it, into Yashihime. And I had to do like a quick Wikipedia read through of, of how Inuyasha ended. Um, just so that, because I never finished the series, so I didn't know how the fight went down in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went in with more of that nostalgia, like, yeah, I just want to see big stupid attacks killing demons like that's kind of where i'm at um which you get a, a healthy amount of and yeah it's, you, you get that you get that her swords are the swords are cool like the weapons they use are yeah cool. and like the other thing i'm like i'm like okay what's with these rainbow jewel things and like we don't know yet seems to know about them and yeah it's a different it's a different uh approach i think than in originally in Yasha, where they're like in, in the original one they lay out all the things for us like this is the thing. Mm-hmm. It does the thing, and it's bad because of this reason. But uh, this one, they're not doing that. It's like the opposite. It's like a mystery. They're just like, mm-hmm. the characters all know why they are there and what they're doing. Like, presumably, okay, like, for example, uh, uh, what's her name? The Inuyasha's daughter. The um, Crap. Whatever. Inuyasha's daughter. <laughs> she... Yeah is like a bounty hunter now and goes around and is crazy and she might be my favorite character in, in the new show actually but the old guy the little old flea yeah uh, <laughs> he presumably knows everything that's happening mm-hmm. because he is alive still and he knows everyone and he's like always knows information and he's always with her so presumably also then that Inuyasha's daughter has like a vague idea of like the situation yeah, but doesn't feel the need to talk about it because like it's just her life. Like she's not just speaking expose right. to or exposition to mm-hmm. a camera. So the the style of the show is like none of the characters are like bringing up exposition ever. They I guess know what they know and don't care. So mm-hmm. as the audience, you have to f- watch and figure out what's happening, and that's right. like a, just a different kind of style than the original mm-hmm. was. So it's it's interesting. Yeah. Moroha is the Moroha, daughter Moroha. for, or what's uh, or when she puts on the the lipstick, she becomes like ba ba something. She has like a name for her like demon form. <laughs> oh, uh, bake bake goroshi. No, bak barayasha, ba yasha, something like that. It's <laughs> it's something funny. yasha. Yeah, and it's and it's just really funny because she like does a speech to like put on 
her makeup and like say this thing before she transforms but sometimes she just gets like attacked by the demon before she can do that like, no <laughs> <laughs> yeah i need to pick it back up because it, it was a lot of fun um the characters are like nicer i think it's a sign of the times yeah uh all the characters are like just nicer <laughs> i don't know like everyone's not uh I don't know. There's never like weird misunderstandings or like petty mm-hmm. squabbles in this new show. It's just like everyone's pretty nice and they're kind of getting along. One thing I'll say maybe lastly is that something I thought was different with Inuyasha than with the other shows from um Takahashi that I watched is like most of the older shows before Inuyasha rely heavily on like some comedy that has to do with a lot of like misunderstanding humor like mm-hmm. like these big capades that like go down because there's like a some comedy of errors or some stupid yeah. misunderstanding that like spirals the, out of control like the three's company rule some kind yeah. of misunderstanding uh-huh so it's always like that in all of her stuff and then this time in yasha i was expecting that to happen a lot but it almost never did <laughs> they always <laughs> set up some potential for a really grand misunderstanding and then and then they just don't like one of the other characters will be like oh it's probably this and this and this oh okay and like that's exactly what it was and they just like don't have the misunderstanding at all they just like assume the right outcome and go along with it Mm -hmm. (laughs) like oh yeah it's interesting (laughs) because i'd have to look at publication history because um i'm fairly certain inuasha ran in shonen uh weekly shonen sunday never mind Okay, so it's not necessary. It wasn't a Shonen Jump series. Um, is was Weekly Shonen Sunday a part of Shonen Jump? No, this is where my manga publication knowledge falls short. Um, so I have to see where the other things are are published. Um, but yeah, it's. I like honestly did not know it was a Rumiko Takahashi show for a long time what how um, can you i mean just look at the character well, designs <laughs> I, I yeah right but you know baby we brain didn't kind of connect all those things together but it was like because it just felt so different from the stuff i knew that she did mm-hmm. um but now I, there's like it's such a clear through line the underpinnings um, are there but just like the way they handle situation like the writing is just she just takes a different approach it's just a different mm-hmm. it's a different thing all her stuff has been like kind of romance comedy yeah but this was just like a straight up shonen battling action yeah. kind of show with some romance in there as well. I say romance, but Are it's you... more like weird preteen flirting level yeah. romance. It's just like kind of stupid. I guess now are you going to move on to Ranma one half? It's kind of the one of the last you know, ones. I, I might do that. I didn't. I've only watched a few episodes of Rumble One Half. I never really watched through it, mm-hmm. so maybe I will now. Yeah, you could do it's Rumble One Half or Urusei Yatsura. I mean, those are the two. I tried watching Urusei Yatsura, and it's fine. I don't have any problem with it, but it's just <laughs> it's just straight gags mm-hmm. and like parody and gags, and it kind of gets old after a while. <laughs> it's it's not a yeah. very mature show, and I'm just kind of like, all right. I think there's some funny parts, but it's just kind of like, yeah. whatever. Maybe we should watch um, Beautiful Dreamer and then talk about it. Because that's the one that everybody talks about is the Urusei Yatsura movie, Beautiful Dreamer. Mm. Um, it's supposed to be really good. Can you watch a standalone? I mean, 
Does anything? Uh, does any development even happen in your Seatsura? Just like you can watch Macross. Do you remember Love standalone? So let's just assume that because <laughs> it's a classic anime movie, you probably could. I mean, hey, I watched the end of Evangelion before Evangelion, so anything <laughs> yeah, is I possible. I, I don't want to repeat these kind of mistakes. I want to like learn from my <laughs> behavior and and move on. I don't understand. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I will. Uh, say, I'll look into it. Uh, that might be something to put on the 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 showrunner show list. Uh, in closing. I did have a good time watching Inuyasha. I did mm. receive that same nostalgia when I started the project, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, because I'm like, wow, Inuyasha, I'm watching this again. This is good. But the only difference being that, like, I didn't get the nostalgia from watching just, like, you know, going from zero and starting Yashihime and being like, oh, yeah, yeah. Inuyasha. I'm like, no, I went straight to the source. Like, I rewatched Inuyasha. <laughs> Um, and yeah, good, good watch. Not the best show, but still very mm-hmm. enjoyable. Um, that's, that's it. I can see why it was nice. on like popular in back yeah. in the time. Yeah. That's, still, I'm, I'm like so thoroughly impressed with how quickly you were able to consume all of it. I don't have a lot going on these days. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like I'm sure by the next time we record, I'll be like, so anyway, I watched all of Rama. And <laughs> <laughs> this is now the Rumiko Takahashi podcast. I think like literally the last like three episodes we've talked about shows that she's worked on <laughs> or written. I think because yeah. out of everything that I've seen of hers so far, um, uh, uh Goku is still my number one favorite. Yeah. That's just like a good show in general. Yeah, it's on my it's on my list. Um, maybe as a way to transition, um, you know, there's what a, is on there your was list? A, well, <laughs> um, right now, I, there's like I'm trying to intentionally kind of tackle some of the shows that I haven't that people have been telling me to watch for a long time, but I haven't. Um, so right now, I'm working on Zeta Gundam. Um, Mobile I'm gonna put some applause in here. Yeah, <laughs> standing ovation. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, it's like in 2021, I want to tackle some series that uh, have been on my list for a long time that I really want to watch. Um, so Zeta Gundam, I'm about um a fourth into it at this point. Um, <laughs> I I didn't quite realize. I mean, I should have known because Gundam series tend to be this long. Um, I didn't realize it was a 50 episode series. <laughs> um had i known that going in i might have i might have been like the the little thing to like stop me from doing it but i'm happy that i did because now i'm really liking it <laughs> i don't um, understand you're not the only one who says that, like these kind of things like for me i need long series mm-hmm. i don't like if something is only 12 episodes or 13 episodes it really bums me out like i'm mm-hmm. just like should i watch this because i'm gonna get invested in it and then it's just gonna be over and that sucks but if I know something's a hundred episodes, I'm just like, yeah, I can like watch it and be invested in it, and it can be like an arc in yeah. my own life of when I'm watching this, and then and then it will end, and I'll be like, you know, tired of it and done with it. Like, yeah, I, I fully enjoyed it, but these like twelve episode shows, I'm just like, you just get a taste, and then you're like, well, yeah, then it's over. That's all. Yeah, I I feel you there. Um, and like the first five episodes of Zeta were a little rough, and then it kind of hit it normalizes and then yeah. it's really hit a stride um 
I'm I'm like thoroughly enjoying it right now. Um, it's, it's so very ironic that you're watching <laughs> that you that you haven't watched this because oh I don't mean to steal your uh, uh, no no go uh, for it but but the I I clearly remember the first time I watched the Gundam was one of our uh, uh, trademark otaku thons back in the time yeah did we watch the uh, Gundam no we didn't but we uh, for Christmas that year I got mm-hmm. Best Buy gift card. And I went to your house, uh, for the week, and we watched a bunch of anime. So I was, I was, I was hyped on the anime train, and yep. then I remember your sister drove me home because for some reason she had to go back to our grandma's house anyway. So, she, yeah. but they needed to take a side detour at Best Buy for something like a return something for that you also got for Christmas, mm. and I had the gift card, and I was like, oh yeah, perfect opportunity. I'm gonna buy some anime. Yeah. And I bought the first DVD of Zeta Gundam. Oh, nice. And I, like, distinctly remember being like, yeah, Kenny probably already watched all this, so I'm going <laughs> to catch up on it. <laughs> and, like, I had that nope. thought for, I, I knew, I thought for, like, a long time that you had already watched the show. No, it's the black <laughs> hole in my Gundam knowledge, which I'm filling in now. And I, I, I saw, it makes a lot more sense why people are so much more critical of um, Fetties. <laughs> uh, you know i'd argue i we're gonna have to do a full episode on zeta gundam but once you finish um, it yeah we'll we'll definitely yeah. dive into um, dive into it but it's Maybe i'm I'll glad i'm watching it too because i'll yeah. be able to start it and finish it before you're done <laughs> that's true <laughs> your pace you'll be done in like five days um yeah. and then you know I'm, I'm like um i think ray zero is going to be one we've talked about that a lot where i'm going to finally watch that one you mean ray zero um, ReZero. Yeah, mm-hmm. sorry. Um, ReZero and... Oh, damn, I had a list. Um, oh, I actually might finally watch Konosuba. Was the other oh, one. Oh, you haven't... Uh, yeah, I've never seen Konosuba. Watched... Did you not know that? I didn't know that either. No, okay. I, I, I'm... It, it was during my, my period where I was um, kind of on the wagon and... Is it are you on the wagon when you're sober or are you off the wagon when you're sober? And then um, I, I'm I'm thinking about watching Crest of the Stars. Do you remember that series? I do, but I always thought it was too like I don't know, like it's like super space sh- opera. Too, too so I yeah, but I always thought it was like really showjoey and it wasn't yeah. my. Uh, so I want to I want to go back and check it out. Um, those are my those are kind of the four that I want to try to tackle like in the first half of this year. Um, okay yeah i'm trying to and then you know there's a bunch of new stuff that's airing this season which we'll talk probably talk about next episode um i think i think what you should do is finally watch sssss Gridman. Ugh. i think you how many episodes 12 i could probably watch that in two yeah seconds. it's like 12 episodes yeah it's two nights two nights of your time pro- i could probably i could probably watch it in one night if i tried hard yeah i <laughs> i i think you should uh that's my that's my 2021 resolution gift to you you should watch that series <sighs> yeah yeah all right <laughs> in 2021 i could probably get it yeah done in this in this and you gotta watch sure. it because they're about to release the the kind of spiritual sequel to it i just don't like grid man <laughs> i know i, I just... know but just look look this is my pitch of any uh, of any anime i've seen that kind of fits within the um 
giant robot, uh, Super Sentai, like, Ultraman mold, like, fits in that kind of category, which I think Evangelion sits in. Um, it is, like, SSSS Gridman is thematically and, like, atmospherically the closest thing to Eva that I've seen. And I, I, I think you should watch it because then you, you just 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 watch it <laughs> you'll you'll get what i'm saying and we can have this discussion about what that means because so many shows try to be eva uh, or try to like capture that energy but nothing has ever come this close um and it's it's trigger watch it all right that's my pitch if i can get past that ugly ass cg ultimate uh, uh grid man grid man yeah then Maybe I can give it a shot. <sighs> Just so ugly. Hey, man, I'm watching Zeta Gundam, and Z- Zeta Gundam the is art beautiful. It, it, yeah, the animation the OP, is one thing, the, and the art is another. <laughs> okay, yeah the op- the the opening animation is so misleading. <laughs> it's getting better. Um, I I don't know what was why it was so rough in the beginning, but it's getting better. Well, I mean, they throw their they throw their budget into like the parts that matter usually. Yeah. So some episodes yeah. are pretty good, and some episodes are like, wow. That's yeah. a lot of the reason why they reanimated a lot of it in for the movie compilation movies. Mm-hmm. They're just like, wow, mm-hmm. we can't show this anymore. <laughs> so they <laughs> right. uh, changed it. But yeah, all right. I mean, I'm trying to be open minded, so I will give it a give it a go. Probably after Ranma. I'm just really really digging this old. A bunch of old stuff has like Blu-ray releases. And mm-hmm. I don't know why I never was on this train earlier, but I'm just like, these look so amazing. <laughs> so yeah. I've been watching all this old stuff. Uh, yeah. But yeah. How, how do you like Zeta so far? Uh, I like it a lot. Um, story-wise. It's story. I'm, I'm liking it. I, I think it, um, it's so interesting because like Titans are essentially like, post-World War II Nazi hunters, but they've gone too far. <laughs> and so um, it, they're like, actually, I think kind of like almost the better comparison is that um, it's almost like Tomino is talking about um, occupied Japan, like post-World War II, um, SCAP-controlled Japan, and like critiquing critiquing that organization and how they were oppressive to japan and then he creates a force that is looking to liberate and so it's interesting that like in gundam zeon is this really basically just a an allegory for nazis and then you know you give this interesting other perspective where it's like okay well we're gonna we're gonna put Zeon over here in a corner and we're gonna have this new and like Federation is over here in a corner and we're gonna have these two small it's like a smaller scale conflict like when I heard people talk about um, Zeta before I assumed that like it was on the same scale as the one-year war Um, but it's really not like it's at least that's where I'm at right now it's like actually it's almost like a minor conflict between a special ops force and um a uh, like a like a i don't want to say it's almost like um like the 
IRA. It's like know? guerrilla fighting. It's like yeah. yeah, it's like guerrilla fighting, like the FARC or something. Yeah, exactly. There. Um, and yeah. so it's it's interesting, and it's it's more realistic than the original Gundam series. Like, there's a little bit more, um, the, less toy ads. Yeah, and the militarism is a little bit more realistic, and I think the relationships between characters and like getting a, the grown up crew from um white base is just very interesting and and it's like i don't think i've ever seen anything like this i guess dragon ball Dra dragon ball relative to dragon ball z is kind of like gundam relative to zeta gundam um because you get an you get the same characters but they're older and so it's just an interesting perspective especially now that i'm deeper into zeta and they're reintroducing amuro um mm -hmm. But like I, I'll have like a more full opinion once I've seen all of it. Um, I, I do appreciate the thing where um, we're kind of getting into like the monster of the week section where they're facing a lot of mobile armors that are unique. But by and large, um, it's the realism has come from the non variants in mobile suits. You know, it's like the the Gundam Mark II and the Rictius and all those things are. They just have like a bunch of them it's like this is yeah we're a military unit these are mass-produced mobile suits um sure that these are a little special and they're newer but there's three gundam mark twos they're not that special um it's i like it um yeah i'm looking forward to when the zeta gundam arrives <laughs> but you know um, what episode are you on now uh i think i'm on 15 think you have a little ways to go before the Zeta yeah. Gundam comes. Amuro just uh, I just watched the episode Amuro flies again. Um and so I think now it's going to be an interesting dynamic. And like Yeah, Amuro's yeah. not really like a main character, mm -hmm. but he's a very important supporting character. Absolutely. Yeah, he's not in like probably most of the show, mm -hmm. <laughs> but he's in like I don't know, a little less than half of it. And he's important. Yeah. Uh, now, will you watch Shars Counterattack after? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this? I've seen it um, a few times actually, but yeah, I'll definitely watch it um, again. You know, it, it'll make a lot more sense when you know like what happened between the between original Gundam and and that movie. This. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely filling gaps. Like, oh, and he did a bunch of stuff, and he was like, you know trying to do something and then it failed and you know he's doing this now <laughs> always a little scheming. bit spoilers oh, i mean if okay. you've seen if, if you've if you've seen char's counterattack then you know yeah i know the arc <laughs> it, at, at some point char has to like do something else and try to do a different thing to yeah. get his ideal co accomplished but this time you're just like oh yeah you know char's being a good guy <laughs> i mean char was always a good guy sure as we i mean as we all know yeah I'm just, it's, it's so interesting, like, because um, I would argue, like, this is kind of like the internal Annie Bros creative debate of uh, Federation versus Eon, um, and, like, I get everybody's point of, like, isn't the AEUG Zeon, or essentially, um, because they're what juxtaposed to the Federation, like, I, well, maybe, who, wait, who's saying that? I feel like the impression I get from from folks like like uh real japan's josh um or rat of the show chaz um is that you know zeon is the right answer and the federation is evil because of what they do in zeta gundam 
And like the perspective I'm actually getting from watching Zeta Gundam is like, well, the Federation just let this rogue unit get out of hand and they're not this even... rogue unit aka like the command like they're like the most commanding force it's like saying like well, oh yeah you know the ss got out of hand and became like a giant paramilitary organization well, no because i think like i said uh, earlier i really think that the titans are meant to be this like comparison for the supreme commanders of the allied power um you know in, in post world war ii japan and like which it feels like tomino saying like look at this group of people that just went too far and I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt because the other direction I want to look at it is like, are the Titans supposed to be the Japanese Imperial Navy, which is like, they're saying, oh, no. the Federation was fine, but these guys went too far. Um, and so it's these, like, I, I think it's, I think it's more of a post-war conversation. Um, and like so, I don't see them as the Federation. I see them as like, oh, this is not what I like about the Fetties. Okay, well, if you, you want know. to take it, take it to this like, uh, like comparison. Yeah, I would see it more as like the Federation was always like the U.S. Mm-hmm. involvement in in the Pacific theater, mm-hmm. and the first show, original Gundam, gives us this kind of like. Look, the Federation is like the good guys. You know, they've always been the good guys. Look how they've tried, you know, liberating everybody from oppression. But as soon as the war is over, you take a step back and you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> maybe they weren't the good guys the entire time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that's they totally... have their own interests and their own methods of control and their own mm-hmm. like power that they would like to c- continue having. So yeah, it's it's more like. That is the dynamic I think they they're and it's, trying to show. They're like, yeah, and that's like totally fair because it's. I mean, it, I think one of the big things that Gundam goes through, um, evolving from the original series and the One Year War into everything after is that, um, I mean, the original Gundam series is pretty critical of war itself, but like, I think they get more mature in their understanding of it. And they, they like break, they take down this monolithic idea of like, there's a good guy, you know, like there's no good guy in war. Um, and I, so in that respect, I think you're right. I think it's, it's Zeta Gundam is demonstrating this more mature perspective of like, yeah, they did some good stuff, but I mean, they still bombed Dresden and like Zeon did some bad stuff, but they are kind of right. Space noids should have freedom. <laughs> I'm not yeah. opposed to that idea. Um and then but it's All like a matter of perspective. Yeah. I just I feel like and this is probably my own fault because I've never I never didn't watch Zeta before. I've always felt like being at myself being the only pro federation member of of Andy Bros Creative, um it's always the impression I get is always that like the federation is so terrible in Zeta Gundam that clearly my understanding is absolutely wrong. But now that I'm watching it and I've made it through like a fourth of the series, I'm just like, yeah, the Federation's still better than the space Nazis. Like that's still still where I land on this <laughs> debate. I think you need to watch original Gundam again also. Because I feel like space Nazis, and I'm not just saying this because I I uh I identify as Zeon. Yeah. They 
Space Nazis is like too far. They do have a lot of Imperial German yeah. like aesthetic, but like mm-hmm. they're that's really where it stops. It's like this kind of Prussian aesthetic versus mass yeah. race aesthetic and that the Nazis are going for. You know, that's an interesting point because um that does make more sense in terms of like maybe how Japan would view or how like a Japanese author would view um just that type of aesthetic influence because yeah like a lot the of core idea of like yeah. germany as a fighting force yeah it's like, yeah it's like well, it looks like this and i wonder i wonder how much of of Zion is pulled from like world war one germany what well i think most of the entire i i think a lot of the conflict is more akin to this kind of thing because you yeah. have like an imperial family right <laughs> as the head of Zeon. that's a like, good point like it's that's that's what it's like it's more uh, yeah it's more in huh. this kind of early 20th century yeah. version of space opera space war than i think what you're linking it to more where you're like it's like the nazis and like well no i mean they can be this overbearing military force yeah but it's not like it's not fascism right it's, right it's like it's this like elite interesting military prowess that they're kind of i gotta to go out. i gotta go back and listen to you know blueprint blueprint for armageddon and sit through hardcore history and brush up on my world war one because the more i sit here and think about it i'm like yeah it's actually it's way way more like um germany and world war one how they operate and how they act um, i mean and obviously yeah they they get like borrow a bunch of like world war ii-esque german aesthetic things yeah. like mechanized you know mechanized war machine kind mm-hmm. of stuff but i don't think that that's not like the i the ideology behind the people's motivations for fighting right. it's like hey we need independence because we're being oppressed by this like you know there, there's a lot of similarities and like kind of uh like metaphors and things hidden mm-hmm. in there of course to like people who would have lived through world war ii would have at this time when it was made but i i I think it's its own its own conflict on the surface level it's its own Mm -hmm. thing and like liking the zeon doesn't mean like you support fascism right right. it's like it's a completely different kind of thing yeah and and this it's it's it is kind of colored by um i mean i think the gundams that we prefer are the um I mean, my my favorite Gundam is um, 0080, War in the Pocket, Um, but also like 08 MS Team, which is kind of a discussion around basically Vietnam. It's like it's it's Gundam meets Vietnam. Um, And so it's I think a lot of the later Universal Century series are a bit more grounded in actual conflicts as like a discussion of them or like setting them in that type of thing um whereas maybe these early series are more just borrowing aesthetic traits and some historical parallels but less being more like um high concept sci-fi as opposed to like allegorical sci-fi i don't know 
yeah yeah i think that's it i think it's just a cool aesthetic you know yeah. <laughs> you got you got like prussian military troops <laughs> that's cool <laughs> if you like that that's that's what they're like but that's kind of where it ends yeah and i gotta say god i hate how good the new the zaku the hyzak in and like Isaac is fucking sweet. Isaac <laughs> and the Rictius and they just all I mean they, we get some good um we get some like the intro, I I think this is the series that introduces the sniper GM like the green um Jimmy um and there's some the gun of Mark II is okay. I I think it's really funny how like boring the federation designs are compared to the um I guess what what are like Xeon technology? It's it's really interesting how mecha design and mobile suit design defines who the bad guy is <laughs> because it's like yeah. oh these yeah these guys are totally the bad guys they're using Zaku. That's true, but the AU has like a mix. They so do that's interesting. Yeah, they're scrappy. I like them. They're scrappy. Yeah, the AU's cool. Yeah. But is that just keep watching? Is that the way to say it in English? Because that's the way they say it in Japanese is Ayug. Is that the is that the preferred fan method? So I don't have to say Aeug. I say Ayug. Okay, Ayug. Good. Glad. I don't. Gonna have to find some different way to to name them. The Bajina squad. No, is just say what they say in the show. You're just like the preferred way is the way it's said. There we go. Like people having all this problem with like, how do you say Evangelion? It's like, well, listen to them say it, and then say it like that. Like Robin Williams. <laughs> Evangelion. What? Evangelion. In, in, in one hour photo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll never like. I don't understand why people mispronounce this kind of thing. Like, did you watch the show? What do they say when they're saying Evangelion in the show? Never say Evangelion. We'll say it like that. Literally. Well, in Japanese, they do say Nerf. They do. It's a weird revelation. Cool. Well, yeah. this was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Uh, clearly, but we've been like full steam ahead on the anime train. Yeah. Which is good. I, uh, we didn't even get a chance to talk about new stuff. We're going to have to record again soon. <laughs> we, we will. This has gone on for a long time. Uh, and it's all good discussion. Yeah. Um, one thing I want... Um, I'd love listeners to leave some comments. We've been discussing doing some um, watch sessions, um, which we might we might start arranging some watch sessions for um, winter 2021 anime that we might um, mm-hmm. people want to join our Discord. So if you're interested in that, um, leave a comment on in this episode at anniebroscreative.com um, and let us know, and then we'll we'll start trying to work out the logistics on how to do that. Um, it's something we're looking to do. Yeah, we have some interest. Like, sounds like it'd be a fun time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this was a good time. Uh, continue watching Gundam, please. Yep. Don't fall off the I wagon. Won't. Don't. Don't this, this cannot be a from the New World Part Two. Where you're just like. <laughs> oh, that's the oh, fifth I stopped thing. right before. I stopped right before the you know Federation nukes a bunch of innocent civilians. So I still don't know how bad they are. Kind of situation. <laughs> <laughs> don't want that to happen oh i just saw that happen actually okay well it just keeps getting worse the the 
<laughs> like the case you can make for the Federation not being complicit is like shrinks with every episode. Cool. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> but yeah, I'm committed. Don't worry. I think our, our probably our next episode will be about it. Will be my guess. Nice. Good. 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 Cool. Well, go to our website www.anybrospodcast.com so you can uh, comment what you'd like to see and how you think or talk about Inuyasha. I can talk about Inuyasha at length now. Something I couldn't do before. Um, yeah. And you can find yeah. us on Twitter at Annie Bros Creative. Um, you can find me, Kenny, um, at Sakoku underscore Otaku. Uh huh. And I'm at Levin Voth on Twitter. I still don't tweet. I still do retweet. Um, that's it. Just living the best life I can. That's all we can do. That's all we can do. Cool. Well, let's get back to watching anime. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> go do that right now. Go do that right now. All right. End, end of episode. Go home. Everybody, <laughs> Everybody get out. <laughs> Thank you.